0: Hello and welcome to uh, the NRD Seasonal Anime Podcast. We this this time we are doing the spring no summer. This is now the no this is the spring. This is the spring, Patrick.
1: Um, it's like spring slash summer. I well, guess. I mean,
0: I mean this season, this anime season that we are the season we will be talking about is the spring season, correct for anime? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, I this hate is the spring postmortem.
0: I I well, I mean, no, no. This is the winter. We're going to be starting with the winter postmortem, and then into the spring, because that's how anime works. It goes winter, spring, summer, fall.
1: So you're telling me winter is coming?
0: Yes. In we no winter came. We already finished winter. All right. Good night, everybody. (laughs) So (laughs) this is we are talking about the uh, the winter. 2019 anime season uh we will be we uh we will also be talking about or we're talking about the spring 2019 anime season we will also be starting this off by talking about what we watched from last season which is the winter 2019 season i am matt and that's patrick hey guys let's get started because we have a lot of stuff on this list a lot of stuff a lot of stuff. Not as much stuff for the new anime, but a lot of stuff in the older anime. So, first up, we have Boogie Pop and Others, which is something we both watched all the way through.
1: Yeah, I finally got a chance to finish this one. And I'm definitely glad that I waited until all the episodes were up so I could binge it. Although, I can definitely understand why a lot of people enjoyed watching it week to week.
0: So, I was watching it week to week. Um, it felt... it. I now understand what people why people like or how people felt while watching serial experiments lane weekly or watching ergo proxy weekly or watching like uh there's a lot of them but like this anime is very much a you context is not overtly there it is drip fed to you and you kind of have to Come to your own understanding as to what happens where, like it's not just like so that that happens. Uh, like a character shows up, and like w- or the second arc, which is like half of the anime, the ending of that of that arc, it is unclear if the actual villain died or not, because. Yeah, Imaginator. We, because we see the girl that is Imaginator and she's but she's seen by another character, so it could be construed that she he's now she's now inside of him instead of inside of the doctor.
1: Yeah, the there was definitely a lot in that show that was certainly especially near the ending, that was kind of subject to interpretation. I
0: oh, think. I loved I loved the last arc. Holy shit, that last arc was great. So it's uh it's effectively four arcs. Um, The first arc being the first book, the second arc being the second book, third arc being the fourth book, and the fifth arc being the fifth book, or fourth arc being the fifth book. Um, and they all follow the, um, the kind of things that happen in Tokyo around like the supernatural phenomenon and character known as Boogie Pop. Who is a girl with multiple personality disorder potentially, or a th- or an extra planner being possessing her, and her going and fighting all these like enhanced humans and everything like that? It's really good. I really like it. It's also by the people that did uh, One Punch Man season one. That entire team did that. That's why they're not doing season two. <laughs> they did this instead of season two. <laughs>
1: Um, Based on the response I've been hearing about One Punch Man 2, that may have been a good choice on their part. No, no,
0: no, no. The reason why One Punch Man Season 2 has a bad response is because they're not doing One Punch Man Season 2. One Punch Man Season 2 has some of the better story beats, but the problem is, is that the animation is not what we wanted. Because the people that did the animation did this instead.
1: Well, that's what I mean. It sounds yeah. like they were better off doing this show instead.
0: <laughs> uh, I think I think both would have been fine. I love Boogie Pop. This actually made me want to go buy all the books, as opposed, and which is a good thing. Like if there's one thing that almost everything that I put onto this list that I watched made me want to do, it may- it is literally selling me on reading the manga slash books of whatever it is. So they are good anime because they are good ads for the thing that they are trying to sell.
1: Well, I mean, I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, anime in Japan serves an entirely different purpose from a commercial perspective than anime in the United States. I mean, most people who collect anime in the U.S. are, you know... Essentially, anime is essentially kind of treated like its own product out here more so, I think, than in Japan, where in Japan it's really primarily, I think, used to sell the manga. Still, I mean, obviously, you're still selling Blu-rays and whatnot, but...
0: I mean, it is and it isn't. Um, so, like, the whole... Some anime you'll are, are just made to sell, sell the product. Some anime are just made to sell this. Like, you can tell that kind of anime from, like, other kinds from, like, moment one. So let's say, let's go with, um, oh, there's one. There's one that I can think. Oh, there was one that I knew because I watched uh, a video by Giggik that he was talking about anime endings. and uh, Let's go with No Game, No Life. How about that? So No Game, No Life sells you really hard on that book because you go, this is a really good story. I want to know what happens next. There's no season two. Cool. I've got to go read books now. Or Lock Horizon. Lock Horizon season two ends with hey guess what there's more cu- there's more going to happen no more happens because guy went to fucking prison for tax evasion that makes me mad anyways uh boogie pops really good i really enjoyed it and next up we have one that i watched the entirety of and then because of how much i liked it went and been bi- bin re- binge read the entirety of its manga <laughs> <laughs> to be fully caught up and Patrick you're on like episode 4 right? Yeah I'm on
1: episode 4 this of this one, one now
0: This one is quintessential quintuplets This started out as Matt going I like harem anime and I like trashy anime like this. Sure Matt didn't realize that and I just looked at the character designs and the animation I was like this is subpar but this is fine. I didn't realize how good this writing was This is probably the most well-written harem anime ever period because it doesn't focus on perversion and uh, uh, it's not focused mainly on hey let's try to throw the ecchi scene in every few minutes or hey we need to have the main character fall in the compromising pose all the time and that's how the girl falls in love with him We have to have the girl blushing 90% of the time because the main character like accidentally fell on top of them and it looks like they're kissing. No, this anime just goes. No, they're fucking people. They actually, this person fell in love with him because he's a nice person and this and this. Also, this thing does a better job at doing how I met your mother than how I met your mother.
1: That's kind of what I thought about was I was like, wow, it's like how I met your mother except with people that I actually like and care about hey
0: the start of how i met your mother was fine the end of how i met your mother is terrible okay but the idea of for a harem for a harem manga and harem anime to go he's this is we're going to start with him getting married and we're going to show you the character's face why can't can't tell who it is <laughs> you cannot Oh, but we saw the hair color. Only one of them has that hair color. They're all fucking quintuplets. They all have the same hair color naturally. They're all dying it right now cuz they're in high school. Uh, quintessential quintuplets. Very good though. Like very, very, very good. Ha- Patrick, what were your thoughts on it?
1: So, my I went into it. I I will fully admit this is probably the sort of show that I would have totally just skipped. Except for the fact that you had started talking to me about how much you were enjoying it, and and I had started to kind of see feedback online that you know it was you know a harem anime, yes, but you know it doesn't necessarily fall into a lot of the standard harem tropes that irk me personally. Um, I mean, for one thing, you know the characters are all genuinely likable. I mean, they all, but they're all genuinely regular people. They don't, you know, oh, man, this they, main don't, they, don't, they don't come across like caricatures or like, and the other thing I also like is it's really nice to watch a harem for once where the main character isn't just like a blank self-projecting device.
0: Oh, this main character is not a fucking toast protagonist. He is not, he's not Rito. He's not any of those people. He has a personality and he's an asshat. He's great. I loved him so much. He's like half the reason I read the manga. <laughs> Actually, no. He's a like sixth of the reason I read this manga. Each of these characters is a reason to read the manga. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, and the manga goes... So, like, for people that, f- that have po- possibly watched this anime through its entirety or want to watch this anime, you will finish this anime. It has a season two coming. They they confirmed that. That made me happy because I get to watch some of these chapters get adapted. Um, don't think characters will last the way they are now. I am very far into the manga. Within five chapters of the end of the anime, a character makes a drastic change. Which, they, which I feel like should have been done in the anime, but because of time constraints and 12-episode structure, they could not get to that arc in time. But it was such a good... It, they ended it on such a good one, too, where they did the... Uh, the... Uh, summer camp, the entire summer camp arc, arc, or winter camp arc, that ends with... Uh, that ends with the jump to the future where we see everybody preparing for the wedding again. Oh, this anime is really good. And it's and the mangaka is really good at tricking you into thinking something's happening, but it's actually something else. It's probably one of my favorite things in this, in this anime. So we went, we were dark, we went to light. Let's go back to dark again, I guess. That's kind of how I, I've i structured this exactly that way, haven't I? I? I have, in fact, structured this exactly that way until we get to Dororo. Huh. That's weird. Wait, did I do this on purpose? I know I did this side on purpose. I might have done this side on purpose as well with this. Anyways, next up is Promise Neverland.
1: A happy show about happy things.
0: Pat, one of Patrick's uh, favorite, Patrick, you're the one, you're the one that should be singing the praises for this show more because you're the one that was selling this show to most of the people that I know.
1: All right. So the promised Neverland has, I'm not going to lie, set the bar for me as far as anime for this year to a point that I'm not 100% sure I'm going to see anything this year that's going to top it. I'm not taking anything away from some of the other great shows we're going to be talking about later on, on the sh- on the show.
0: You can't say that Promare comes out this year.
1: This is true.
0: You can't say that Gurren Logan with Firefighters comes out this year. <laughs> you physically cannot say, this set the high bar. I see the high bar in the distance. I see it. <laughs> they are holding it up going, we're right here. Trigger's always here. <laughs> Nobody can beat us at setting the bar.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Well, uh- <laughs> That all being said, um, and again, this is funny because this is one of those shows where, you know, when I heard it was, it's kind of like with Death, with Death Note, where when I heard it was a Shonen Jump show, I was kind of like, okay, I'll give it an episode or two, but I didn't actually think I would be sucked in. And yeah, the opposite happened. I had the same problem with this show where the minute the show was done, I had to pick up all of the books and read them all in one binge sitting because I needed to know what the hell's going on. So this is really difficult this is a difficult show to talk about without going into some spoilers oh, no,
0: no, no, no. We're, we're spoiling anything that we talk about yeah. here if we want to yeah that's well, I'm not I'm not going to lie to anybody if we have to talk about spoilers to talk about the anime you are being spoiled. Um, I'm gonna try not to talk let's try not to talk about manga spoilers for this let's try to just talk about what happens yeah, in the anime
1: exactly I'm not gonna um, I won't I won't dis- it's, a, it's an anime podcast so I'm not gonna bring up the manga unless I, I'm specifically trying to make a comparison I of will that already state happened.
0: that the anime and the fr- and the section of the manga that the anime portrays is not a complete portrayal of what the anime becomes later on but is a very good selling point for people jumping onto into this world.
1: I would agree with you hundred percent on that based on what I've read of the manga post anime. That being said, I still find it very entertaining, but let's talk about the anime in and of itself. Now this, this show is really, really fascinating. So basically you have this orphanage with around 40 kids living on it and it appears to take place in it, it's hard to kind of tell what time period it takes place in although oh, no, it certainly no, no, no. has an older look to
0: it they, they state 2045 they state multiple times it's taking place in 2045
1: i would kind of question the reliability of that later oh, on no though, no, no, for no no we, we know reasons.
0: we know through manga things we question any year they say but they yeah. are stating 2045
1: okay well <laughs> this is definitely a show where you're going to find yourself questioning everything so this orphanage, from an outside perspective, seems ideal. idyllic. Um, the, uh, the woman who takes care of it, who the kids know as mom, uh, seems really affectionate and cares about them. They have tons of great food. They're obviously loved for and cared after. They can basically pretty much do whatever they want and play all day. The only things that they have to do are they have to take these specific tests that measure their intelligence, and they also aren't allowed to go into certain areas. Well, one night, a series of unfortunate events happen, which leads a group of the three of the oldest kids to discover that the place is not really an orphanage; it's actually a farm, and they are the livestock. And the show goes essentially; it kind of turns into like a it turns mix into of the prison break. It's basically prison break meets Escape from Sobibor meets H.R. Geiger, <laughs> uh, and, and
0: um, also that let, let's just throw in like this has very interesting ways that it uses the camera for this season because the camera always looks like it's spying on people
1: yeah the camera always has this weird sort of like
0: and it's doing that for a reason yeah there is a person that is spying on them constantly and it threw me off completely when it was revealed
1: yeah yeah the reveal was fantastic the way that, that was so well done i mean not just from the angle but also the height that the shots were taken yep. from it just it, it, it just really brilliant framing and it's funny because i think a lot of people don't appreciate just what good framing and good cinematography can do for an animated series so most people think of cinematography they think of live action shots but framing is everything framing can make a show either work or it can make a sh- it can turn a show into an absolute disaster visually and i mean promise neverland absolutely just nails that part but the thing that I love about the show more than anything is just the sheer psychological tension i'm a huge fan of psychological horror as a genre in general and there are some segments of this show where it's just dialogue and the dialogue was giving me goosebumps because it was unnerving me that much
0: yeah this show is very little action um i think the most action-packed thing that ever happens is at the very end or when they play tag like, those are the two action scenes. This is 12 episodes, and there's two action scenes. Most of this thing is, okay, okay, plan, 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 talk, talk, talk. Like, everybody's standing huddle around talking, making the plan and everything. All of a sudden, Monkey Wrench gets thrown into plan. Shit, shit, shit. Oh, crap, somebody, they just took him. No! Ah! Like, it. it's like, it's like Death Note, but um, in a idea or in the thought process of what if death note was not about writing in a notebook but was instead just trying to get out like it was it's all the tense cat and mouse feeling of death note but not the killer or the killer and the detective trying to like outwit each other it's the killer trying to outwit somebody he doesn't we we're not even seeing the side that he's trying to outwit that is like 20 times str- smarter than he is.
1: Yeah, there's there's a le- there, the way the show just ratchets up the tension more and more and more over the course of it. And you know, again, you know, you really you're really drawn into these characters and you really grow to care about them and even, you know, even the villains in the show have these weird points where you find yourself feeling sympathy for them and and also the show features arguably my villain of the year
0: I mean seeing as made an abyss third movie doesn't come out this year i have to say right now uh she is up there for villain of the year uh if drew if we got the Bonre dark if we got that third movie which is the Bondrew Dark uh, I would have to say best dad beats best mom every day.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> because Bondrude is actually worse than Show Tucker.
1: <laughs> Bondrewd is like, that's like if there was a real, if there was a death note that you, that applied to fictional characters, like I would use it. <laughs> he won't die though. He physically can't die.
0: Oh, I get uh, that's me getting into it. Okay. That's me. That's me bringing up other anime again. Uh, Promise Neverland though. Hot, good, many thumbs up.
1: Yeah, I think this show is probably going to have, especially once the dub especially now that the dubs coming out. I think this show has a ton of crossover appeal. I could see this show actually becoming a really popular mainstream anime. If anything, only for just the fact that it is so dramatically different from I mean a lot of the other mainstream shows.
0: You do know what the current Shonen Jump polls in- for the manga, are, right? This is fighting for like number two slot. This. Doctor Stone, which comes out next season, and uh, My Hero, are all fighting for the number two slot.
1: That's a mind blowing to me that this show would be competing with My Hero for the number one slot, and it no, not no, not number not two. Taking...
0: Number two, nobody actually. Can yeah, I was, take say, one. I was gonna say, the I was gonna say, I was like, damn, slot, that's like the, number one slot does not get taken. The number one slot is dedicated solely to the anime that's been l- running longer than it, some people have been alive.
1: <laughs> gee i wonder what anime that is
0: <laughs> one piece has maintained that number one slot for about six A years, years. <laughs> like it has maintained the number one slot since whenever naruto and Blue- whenever naruto ended from that point forward it has been number one slot um that being said this one Real good promise, and it's actually starting. Like these three, those three series I just mentioned are actually slowly closing the gap between them and One Piece, and that's not because One Piece is going down. Because I'm reading the current chapters of One Piece. One Piece is at its strongest right now.
1: It sounds like it's not so much that it's people losing interest in One Piece. People are just gaining interest in the well, other no, things that's, they're putting out. That's which what I'm is awesome. Saying
0: is like these things are ga- are gaining popularity while One Piece is maintaining its same amount of popularity. Like, it's not that it's rising with everybody else. Everybody's starting to realize these are getting to the point that they are at the same point as One Piece, yeah. which is great. I love it. I love all those series. I'm reading all of them. Um, next up, we're going to talk about a nice happy anime that I watched literally right after watching Promise Neverland. My roommate is Cat. It's a nice, fun, happy anime about a dude who is a writer that writer's block went to go visit his parents grave because uh one day and found a stray cat takes it home and the cat inspires him to write books and it's a fun slice of life anime uh where half the anime is from his perspective and half the anime is from the cats it it feels very good and heartwarming and it makes me feel good to watch and it was really necessary to have something to feel good to watch right after watching *Promise Neverland*, because some of those episodes made me want to die.
1: <laughs> yeah i I started watching this show about halfway through *Promise Neverland*, and I was really glad I had this. Yeah. I mean, God. Ugh.
0: I remember when I told you I'm watching this because I need something happy after *Promise yeah. Neverland*, and you're like, I can't do something happy after that, and you're like, now you're like. No, I get you. I understand what you mean. I need this happiness in my
1: life. Yeah, and you know, and the thing is, especially because I, like I said, I really tend to gravitate more towards like psychological horror and really dark stuff when it comes to anime. So every once in a while, having a palate cleanser show like this, for lack of a better term, is really great for me. And it's a really great, sweet show. It's you know, it's funny. It's it the the cat is hilarious, and the cat honestly is best girl of the season. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It uh the, Haru won the final poll for best girl of the season on tr- Anime Trending. It was great.
1: Well deserved.
0: It was hilarious cuz everybody's like what what won? Not the cat girl, not the not the pink-haired girl, not Kaguya
1: the cats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was great. But yeah, this anime wholesome, great, fun. I recommend it to literally everybody that just wants a good anime that has that just has you feeling good
1: and this is gonna sound like a weird thing to bring up but it actually is something that being an older being an old taku i get asked a lot by friends of mine this is a great anime to watch with your kids if you have kids they will probably love this show
0: yeah i think for, i think 100 i if once this gets an english dub i will definitely take it down to my nieces and have them watch it because i Love showing them anime, which is one of the reasons I'm excited because uh, we now have the confirmed uh, date for when Cells at Work gets its English dub. So I'm taking that down to my uh, my parents' house where my nieces live and uh, showing them and having them learn how the bo- how the human body works through anime, which is really good. I really enjoy that. Anyways. Patrick, I've only watched the first episode of Magical Girl Spec Ops Asuka. You've watched the entire series. Yes, I have. All I know is that I was thoroughly confused throughout the entire first episode because it did not frame a flashback like a flashback.
1: It did not. Um, Again, we come back to framing. Framing is everything. And this show for me was probably my most frustrating show of the season for the simple fact that I was watching, I felt like I was in real time week to week watching a really, really awesome, interesting premise. You know, not the most original premise in the era of, you know, dark magical girl tropes, but, you know, definitely an interesting idea. Basically get hampered constantly by bad animation and bad framing.
0: Okay, because that that was also I remember we were talking about this back when like you made posts about this on Facebook and I was like I didn't really like that. It looked bad and it felt bad and I got really like kicked out of it by like just a lot of the first episode.
1: Yeah, this was kind of one of those shows where I think it turned a lot of people off early on. The thing is, the gore didn't bother me. The thing is, no, so basically the premise of this show is that you've essentially got Magical Girls doing essentially the work of like special operatives and like contractors.
0: Effectively, the premise that I got was the Magical Girl anime has ended. They defeated the the evil bad guys that they got their magical powers for. Still got magical powers. They gotta do something with them. Let's fight terrorists.
1: That's basically what it is. It's basically Black Hawk Down with anime with with magical girls, which sounds really really cool on paper and was really really cool for most of the show. I will say that the show does suffer from you know some bizarre tonal shifts where it's like there are times where it's like it's trying it, it's like it really wants to be like you know a it, there'll be these like segments for like five minutes where like hey it's cute girls being cute and then it goes back back into like black hawk down with mad with magical girls and i'm like you can't do those like sudden tonal shifts I like mean, that and have it work
0: you can we call that modica
1: yeah but
0: <laughs> modica is literally look at the happiness that's going on in the background. You see all the dark things around them and you're like, oh yeah, that's also happening.
1: If I was going to compare this show to Madoka, Madoka is like trying to fix a problem with a, you know, a diamond tip chisel and magical girl spec ops is like trying to fix a problem with a hammer.
0: Yeah. And it, it like, I'm glad that we actually got one on here that one of us finished. That we were like, eh, it's
1: okay. Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, I don't want I don't want anyone to take this as me saying, oh, this show sucked. No, 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 the no, show no. doesn't. Not, the show not. isn't a bad show in the sense of like, there's definitely th- good things out of it. And I will say this: I am interested in reading the manga because I'd like to see if there are some differences. Because and also because the art in the manga, I actually really liked. It just it was it was the sort of art that I don't think necessarily translated well to standard animation. This is the sort of show that really needed the kind of budget that a show like you know the first season of one punch man would have gotten to really look right i think and the problem is it's not a manga that i think sells well enough where you could justify that kind of budget and you know and these things all kind of feed into each other it's like if the manga doesn't have enough popularity to justify putting a huge budget into the anime then the anime itself is probably not going to entice that many people to then read the manga
0: uh well i wasn't trying to say like we were saying it was bad we were just saying it's not like the best but i enjoyed it is what i'm trying to say
1: totally it's it's the sort of show you can like
0: that's what that's what i'm saying is like all the last few times we've had anime that we put up and we're like yeah this was great or yeah this was great and this one we were just you're just like it's okay "This, this is okay like i enjoyed it
1: yeah, that's that's the thing is, you know, I mean, I one thing I really enjoy about being on this podcast and I really appreciate about the way this podcast is structured is, you know, sometimes you listen to preview guides on YouTube or things and they come across a little too much like an endorsement. And for my thing is, you know, if if I think something's okay or if I think something just is flat out not good, I'll be honest about it. I'm not going to be, you know, necessarily vindictive or vicious about it. I mean, obviously, you know, people are putting a lot of time and effort into making this art, but at the same time, if it's not hitting certain notes for me i'm going to acknowledge that because i figure you know people are people listening to this aren't listening to this because necessarily listening to this because they just want confirmation of what they already think they're listening to this because they want recommendations of things they might be interested in
0: yeah all right so moving on from magical girls with post-traumatic stress disorder um we move into death note but as a love anime
1: that is the best description of the show which is
0: literally my favorite anime of this year hands down until promare comes out nothing's beating kaguya for me kaguya was sold to me by my friend who just went matt go watch this why it is 100 your shit watch the first episode went gable you're right this is 100 my shit Gable, what the fuck is this anime? This anime is Jojo Stan Battles mixed with Death Note, mixed with stupid high school love drama. This anime is perfect. I love it. I love it so much. Sakagi Yasama, Love is War, because I haven't actually said the name of this anime yet, is an anime about the student council president of this very rich hoity-toity elitist school, And the vice president of the school who are constantly trying to one up each other, getting the other to confess their love to them with neither one ever getting to have the other confess their love to them. But it is hilarious to watch them do so. This is the intensity of a JoJo stand battle or the intensity of Death Note stare of Death Note like the chip scene. The Death Note chip scene. This is the intensity of the Death Note chip scene put to. I have movie tickets. I need to get her to ask me to go see the movie with her. <laughs> <laughs> or no, the best one was the uh, the one where they both had umbrellas and were hiding their umbrellas because they wanted the other one to have the umbrella. Oh, it was so stupid. Cause he's like, I didn't know. I didn't know it was gonna rain. I, or I took the subway today, but you always ride your bike, though. Why did you ride the subway? Why did you ride the subway? It's almost like I knew exactly what went on, and I slashed the tires of my own of my driver's car so that they wouldn't. Yasama, <laughs> <laughs> love is war. Quite possibly the best thing I have watched all year. In fact, it is is quite possibly better than a lot of stuff I watched last
1: year, which is really hard to say because last year was really good for anime. Yeah, last last year was a really good year for anime, and it's funny because last year I felt bad because I only did a top five and not a top ten, and it wasn't that there wasn't a ton of good stuff. It was just, um, you know, with... with uh with my career and everything i was with my day job and everything i was just at a point where you know i was pretty much having to pick like two or three shows a season to really focus on and you know fortunately now that i'm you know backed into being independent again now i'm in a position where i can really just do more deep diving which is really a lot of fun especially with just the sheer amount of stuff that comes out every quarter
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. no let me let me be real honest i don't think we've had a season like a uh, year like 2018 for a long time in 2018 had banger after banger after banger of anime and we're going to get to this season and i'm going to be like we finally hit one where it's kind of in a lull the spring 2019 season even though i am watching like seven anime it is not the 12 that i was watching back in 2018 (laughs) and that's fine but anyways kaguya sama love is war really good Really, really enjoy it. And now from this school of elitist assholes to the other school of elitist assholes that's on Netflix. (laughs) But it's season two actually came out so we can talk about it.
1: Sweet. Yeah, I've been been itching to talk about this one because I freaking love this show. All right,
0: so Kakegurui season two. I do not like Kakegurui, so I'm going to be quiet while Patrick talks
1: about it. All righty, so Kakegurui is basically a psychological anime revolving around asshole high school students where the student hierarchy is determined through gambling and games of chance. And this girl arrives at the school who essentially seems to be planning on destroying the school's hierarchy from within. Um, Although she's under the although she mostly seems to be playing it off under the guise of I just really love gambling and I'm batshit insane and the thing that makes this show fascinating for me is the fact that the main character seems to have convinced everyone that she's a crazy person when it's very obvious she's not and also just the sheer psychological tension of the show because essentially it's like it's like everything you would like about really sleazy high school dramas out of the 90s like cruel intentions combined with it's like cool intentions meets rounders it's rad and the animation style in it is really really interesting because most one of the things i love about this show is that most anime your facial expressions on your characters are very straightforward you have some shows like jojo's that'll have the very over the top expressions which make the show super entertaining but you also have a lot of shows where you know The girl the female characters especially the obsession seems to be just making them look as cute or as pretty as possible It's all about the whole moe thing this show really flies in the face of that because it's almost like sometimes when the characters including characters you like are, are pulling faces it's almost like political cartoons where you're trying to make the other person look as hideous and over the top as possible and it really makes for a really fun experience watching it because some of the uh, faces the characters pull and it's just the animation style overall has this very it gives it this very unique interesting look and I've heard a lot of people mostly I've heard a lot. I've heard some anime YouTubers, Mother's Basement in particular say, well, this isn't a good gambling anime because okay. Yeah, because you don't have people getting their fingers chopped off or being well, killed. No, but no, no, my no, no, response no. to that would be this. Uh, hear me out on this one. Okay. Thing. My, my response to that would be, I'm not watching Kakegurui because I want life and death stakes. I'm watching Kakegurui because I find it entertaining for the same reason that a lot of people do, which is that basically when you're in high school, a lot of social hierarchy shit is life and death to you. So I'm not saying it is once you graduate, but I can understand the tension in the show because you know I think anyone who anyone who went to a shitty fucking high school, I feel could relate to this.
0: So in the defense of what you're... Two... To, actually do this argument that we've had multiple times it is not that they are not risking their limbs uh it is the fact that they state i will cut out my eye and then the character who loses weasels their way out of cutting out their eye Uh, that happened like three times in the first season where the main character states she will do something um that will physically harm her and you're like oh okay and then she loses and then she has somehow weaseled her – she somehow does a stipulation that goes, I can't – we can't actually have me lose an ear or something. I'm like, no, 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 no. You said you lose an ear. We're gambling. The ear comes off. The, every other character has to play with the high stakes but the main character.
1: The reason why the main character is able to maneuver around that a lot on this show and the reason why I – the reason why that didn't bother me in the first season let's put it this way if this uh, if that sort of trope is still happening in season 3 or 4 it would bother me the fact that re- the reason why it didn't bother me in season 1 was that a lot of what she's doing isn't even so much trying to win the game she's trying to basically expose people who cheat and why would she accept a bet why would she accept the consequences of a bet with someone if she's able to determine during the game that they're cheating
0: well be, well that's the whole point of ge- So, gambling anime, as a person that likes gambling anime, gambling anime is not only about watching risks getting taken, as kaiji is about risks getting taken and trying to manipulate the odds into your favor, um, while also having life and death stakes going on constantly. But this is where we go into Akagi, which is the other really good gambling anime, which is about both sides are cheating, heavily and there is still life and death situations going on it is not oh i i know you're cheating so whatever stakes we had are gone it is i need to out cheat this fucker to make sure that i'm go- that i'm going to win i literally watched the character in akagi go and set up a perfect hand because somebody opened a door so everybody stopped stopped looking at the uh at the Mahjong table, and he goes picks up picks up uh, two things, puts them in his area, and then puts two pieces back. Nobody notices except for the except for the spectators, and they're like, "Wait, that wasn't his sand before." And he's like, "Shh," and then he goes, "I win." And they're like,
1: "What?" (laughs) Oh, and I'm I'm not taking anything away from those shows. Those shows are incredible. All I'm saying is, I think that the implication that the implication that's been made and that I really didn't didn't agree with was that Garui couldn't be considered a gambling anime because it doesn't do things the exact same way that those shows did.
0: Uh, the reason why I don't consider it a gambling anime is the gambling is not the main focus of the anime. The main focus of the anime is the social hierarchy and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, the psychological tension is really it, more of the factor of it. The, the gambling is a plot device. Yeah, the
0: gambling is there to have battles ensue. Meanwhile, when you watch Akagi, 90% of what is happening in Akagi is on a Mahjong table. There is like five chapters that don't happen in a Mahjong table. There's a chapter where a character goes to hell, fights his way back from hell to come and continue playing his Mahjong game.
1: Yeah. See, and that's the thing. That show is first and foremost about the game. Yeah. yeah with with Kakegurui there's a variety of games, and one of the things I like about the show is a lot of, because of the variety of games, it kind of takes the audience. The audience. It's almost like every time I feel like they introduce a new game on the show, it's like the game itself that's being introduced. I find myself I'm paying close attention to the game itself but I'm really paying mostly close attention to who she's playing against. And it's the same perspective that I take in real life when I go to a poker table. I'm looking at the cards, but first and foremost, I'm looking at the people at the table with me. Have you watched Kaiji? Um, I have not watched Kaiji yet. Okay. I think you need to watch Kaiji.
0: Go watch Kaiji, and we'll have more conversations about Kakiru later because we're not going to actually make an impasse till you've actually watched Kaiji. Because it's one of it's the harder one to explain why kaiji is like kaiji is 100 percent the gambling equivalent the actual gambling anime equivalent to what kakegarui is where kakegarui is not a gambling anime because even though it does all these gambling tropes and everything like that it is more about the social constructs and watching these highly sociable characters interact with each other more than anything else kaiji is about a person that just wants to make money and him having to deal with bullshit because he is bad he's a bad human being it doesn't understand how the real world works so the only way he knows how to make money is through gambling um that being said, we've we're gonna we're just gonna talk around in circles about Kakegarui if we keep talking about it. So we're gonna move on.
1: I will say this about Kakegarui. If you're look if you're like a lot of people where I will say this. A lot of times when I talk to people about anime shows, the first thing that pops out of the mouth is Is it on Netflix? And when I tell them, no, it's on Crunchyroll or no, it's on Funimation. They kind of go, I'll get around to it. And they never do the advantage to this show, I think. And one thing I one reason why I highly recommend this show is because it's on Netflix, it is going to have a lot more potential eyes on it. And so I feel like if you're on Netflix, if you're someone who maybe, you know, occasionally watches anime on Netflix or you are actively interested in more anime on Netflix, I would definitely recommend watching this show. And if you like it, giving good feedback on it, because I think they do. They do pay attention to that.
0: Matt has mixed feelings about Netflix, so he's not going to talk about them right now. We're not going to get into the Netflix argument because it makes Matt angry. All right. On to Mob Psycho Season 2 because Mob Psycho 100 Season 2 is one of my favorite things of all time.
1: You guys can't see this because it's a podcast, but I was totally doing the like radical Edward rocking back and forth while he was doing that.
0: (laughs) Mob Psycho 100 Season 2. First of all, How did they make a better opening of Mob Psycho season one? I don't know. (laughs) They did it. They did it really fucking well. Mob Choir, great. Keep doing it. Do season three. Do it now. I don't care, Bones. I don't care if you need to make My Hero Academia. Make more Mob Psycho. Want more. Give me more. This is literally what I want more than One Punch Man. I I want more of this one manga than I want of one's original manga. Uh, Mob Psycho 100 Season 2 adapted every single one of my favorite things and also adapts teleportation in anime fights better than I've ever seen it. It is so mind-blowingly beautiful to watch. It is amazingly paced. This Every episode feels great. The character development is well done. There's a literal episode about best boy, Reagan. I will fight everybody who says he's not just fuck, man. Mob Psycho 100 season two. So fucking good. I love it a lot. Ah, back to darkness real quick. <laughs> rising of the shield hero. We have the first, we got, we're, we are half, we are more than halfway through it at the time of recording, but rising of the shield hero started last season and is continuing on to this season. Rising The Shield Hero. Really, really good.
1: Really good show. And this is coming from someone who is so sick and freaking tired of, I got transported to another world who new shows. I'm so sick of this genre. And I heard about this show and I was like, not watching it, not doing it, not interested, don't care. And fortunately matt convinced me otherwise and i'm really damn glad that he did because this is a damn good show
0: we're in this we're in the section of time where everything that got in that got that was being told no by their publishers went their publishers went hold on you wanted to make this fantasy anime what if we just made it an isekai and the guy went we've been making isekai for years yeah i know i've been trying to sell you this isekai for years Yes. But what if? Now that Sword Art makes a ton of money, we just let you do it. Thank you. It's going to be an isekai with four isekai protagonists and three of them are shitbags. Don't care. You're making an isekai. Cool. Here comes Rising the Shield Hero, one of the best fucking anime I've wa- one of the best ones of the isekai genre. Holy shit. This um this slime log horizon no game no life I'm think I I know I'm forgetting one I know I'm forgetting one and it's going to piss me off but those these ones are like the best of the genre of isekai holy crap I cannot believe how good this was cuz like Crunchyroll has been selling this for a while I went we we all, we both went to AX 2017 and we saw ads for Rising of the Shield here. I was just like, oh, it looks like a generic isekai. Eh, whatevs. Then it comes up, and I'm like, okay, I'll give it the first episode. Watch the first episode. That's a good first episode. That went completely differently from how I thought it would. <laughs> went into, si- And then it started getting simuldubbed, so I started watching it simuldubbed. Its dub is very good. Uh, but this anime is probably going to definitely go- continue on to have a actual season two. We just have to wait for the numbers from Je- the Blu-ray numbers to come in because I don't think it was as cheap to make as slime was slime was cheap to make, which is why it got its season two confirmed literally right after it finished.
1: This show from a production standpoint, looks like it costs more to do. Yeah, yeah. But and I'm not taking anything from away from Slime. I mean, Slime was perfectly fine as far as the animation went. And it, was slime, a, it was a really charming show.
0: Slime ends the ends with its last two episodes being the second to last episode going. Here's a trailer for season two, and the last episode going. Here's our recap episode. It's at the end, so you don't even have to watch it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And the recap episode was, like, one of my favorite episodes, so I guess I fucking sucked at that, not having to watch the recap episode. See, and
1: I'm that guy who hates recap episodes. Oh, no, this
0: recap was, episode was great. It gave you all the all the knowledge you needed to know about Valdora and Ifrit. It was all them talking while the series was going on in the background. It was great. They were playing Shogi. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's pretty great.
0: Oh, my God. So... That, I guess the the oh yeah they both kind of happened last season so that's that's me getting two out of the way. Lastly, li- or next up is Dororo, which Patrick you watched on Amazon Prime.
1: Yep, uh, Dororo is on uh, Amazon Prime. Who actually still get quite a good amount of solid anime. Um, from what I've heard, they no longer have their deal with Noitamina to get uh the Noitamina lineup, which is kind of a shame because that honestly is in terms of no Tom consistently puts out usually anime that usually ends up in my top five every year and um, the interesting thing about Doro is it's actually based on a significantly older manga from the 60s and it's interesting because when I first heard they were adapting this into a show I was kind of surprised because while the manga itself is a classic the 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 art style is very much a product of its time and it doesn't necessarily fit the tone of the story at least not in terms of what well, modern sensibilities would the be. So the art style so has is- been updated with the anime and the anime looks amazing.
0: The art style of the manga is Tezuka. Like it's not, it's not a product of its time. Tezuka does not know how to not draw anime Disney because he is anime Disney. Like <laughs> you're right. It it does It does lend itself more to 70s Walt Disney animation. But at the same point, He is just Japanese Disney.
1: Yeah, and to tell you the truth, I don't necessarily even mind that. And the thing is, what's interesting about um, the show and the way it's animated is that the action and the sit- and the settings are still dark. Some of the characters still have have retained some of that kind of Disneyish look in the face, which I actually think kind of works for the show because I'm a sucker for that 70s like Disney era of like you know movies like you know the Jungle Book and Robin Hood and like uh, and Sword in the Stone. Like I, that's that's the era of Disney that I really loved because those are the movies I watched as a young kid. Um, the thing. We- with, um, the thing with Doro that I really like is that the, the overall premise is terrifying. Basically, you have this uh, lord who essentially makes a deal with uh, demons in exchange for power, but sacrifices his unborn child in the process. And when the child is born, um, he's basically born a shell. He doesn't have skin or organs or eyes or anything. And he ends up essentially being you know initially was going to be left out to die but ends up being found and then you know 17 years later there's this um there's this mysterious person going around killing demons and every time a demon's killed this person gets a piece of their body back and it's it's a really really dark show and a really dark premise and it's there, there's elements of humor in it too, in the sense of you know uh, the title character Dororo, who's a young thief who ends up joining this uh, the main character on their adventure. Um, you know, provides some of it, but it but not in like an a, a cloying, annoying way that like like there are some shows where. I mean, and this is an unpopular opinion, I'm sure, but I mean, like, one of my first reactions to the newer seasons of Berserk when they introduced the fairy character, who I know is in the manga, but I hadn't seen because I'd only watched the 97 show, was I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, this character is annoying. What?
0: No, Puck's annoying as shit. Puck is literally built to be annoying as shit. Yeah, and that's
1: the thing. I don't want annoying little shits in my dark fantasy series. So I was actually like really relieved when the title character Endoro actually turned out to be an interesting character in and of themselves, and wasn't just you know, you know. It's it's like you know like the escort missions in like you know '90s games where you'd have to like you know basically carry some useless uh, NPC around and not die. Sometimes in certain anime that are trying to be dark, they attach like a kid character that feels like that, and I really was glad that that wasn't the case here but this show has a lot to offer in terms of storytelling in terms of depth and it, it there's a lot of it doesn't try to spell everything out for you necessarily there's a lot of things where there's a lot of there's some things that are left subject to interpretation in terms of motivations of the characters in terms of what the characters are actually feeling but it does a really great job of that and it's one i highly recommend it is on amazon prime um but honestly I, I mean, to me, I would argue that prime video is absolutely worth it because, you know, beyond the whole prime delivery thing, which is a completely separate conversation, they have a ton of great content on there, including a lot of um, anime films that you wouldn't be able to find on uh, Crunchyroll or Netflix. So yeah. Doro is definitely Doro. I would honestly argue is their shows on Amazon Prime like Doro and Kobaneri that I would say are worth the 10 bucks alone.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. Moving from Dororo, which is an old anime from a long time ago, to an anime that's been going on from a long time ago, (laughs) JoJo's Part 5, Golden Wind. We have now entered what is the last third of the anime, Um, JoJo's Part 5. Still JoJo's, still fun. It is also being a big reminder as to why this is the weakest part of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But it's not weakest because it's bad. It's just weakest because it has some weird plot contrivances. And they're about to all come up. Ah, JoJo's Part 5. It's still a fun watch, though. I love JoJo's. I love Part 5. I can't wait for Part 6. God damn it. I can't. I, I have to wait like two years for Part 6. And it's going to piss me off. We're going to have the counter going again, aren't we? As soon as Part 5 ends, the counter's going to start up again. Damn it. <laughs> If that for you who do, who's not who's not part of the JoJo's fandom, uh, there was a uh, there was a Tumblr page which is now probably like a Facebook page that every day that part five was not announced would make a post saying this many days since part four, part part five this many days of part five still not being announced. I believe as soon as part five got announced, they went this many days since part since part six has still hasn't been announced. Yeah. Um that being said, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, really good. I will talk more about it once it's fully over, which will be next seasonal podcast. But I like to just let you all know. Go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All of it. Please. Please enjoy this wild ride with me. It is fun. Watch it in Japanese. Don't watch it in English. I actually, do watch it in English because I want to support the English. But watch it in Japanese first. You need to watch it in Japanese first. Moving from long anime that uh, is continuing
1: to an anime
0: that stopped and is now back up to its season three again. Yep.
1: So, Attack on Titan is back with part two of season three. And, um,. I kind of feel bad starting this with this statement, but I kind of need to say it. If you're, if, you're, if you're pirating anime, don't leak shit. Don't fuck things up for the rest of us. Wait, what be- happens? So basically, the rest of the season of Attack on Titan is now going to be on a three to four day delay because Japan got really tired of the fact that they were simulcasting the episodes on Sunday, but people were leaking the episodes early. And apparently, that had happened two weeks in a row. And finally, they said, nope, it airs in Japan on Sunday, and everyone else gets it Wednesday. Huh. Which is a real bummer. And, but that being said, you know, I will say this this is definitely. um, This show is interesting because I feel like there's a mix in the fandom of people who got into the show initially for the action packed first season were kind of there for the second season, and then this third season have just really tuned out and haven't been f- feeling it. And then people who got into it because it was a cool show, and the more it gets into the political intrigue and espionage aspects of it, and the less it becomes more of a straight ahead action show, find themselves more engaged. And I'll fully admit, I kind of fall into that category. I mean, don't get me wrong. The show still has tons of action and tons of exciting things happening, but where the show i think excels and where i think the show works for me in a lot of ways where a lot of shows in the same vein might not is just the fact that there's so much in the way of um so much in the way of like political tension psychological tension and i'm interested to see really and it's getting to the point where i'm really interested to see just how this story concludes because it's almost like i mean i'm not comparing it in terms of content but it's kind of like i almost compare what the fandoms going through to kind of what like the game of thrones fandom went through in the last season or two where it's like they feel like it's not necessarily the show they signed up for anymore and i i feel the same way that i feel with game of thrones is it the same show i signed up for when i started not really am i still excited to be on the ride absolutely
0: we're not gonna bring up game of thrones i've been enjoying watching the fallout because i don't watch game of thrones and i've been enjoying everybody watching battle star galactica's final season again
1: hashtag daenerys did nothing wrong
0: uh you're wrong (laughs) but that's not daenerys didn't do anything wrong the writers of the show did stuff wrong (laughs) anyways uh that's enough of the non-anime talk let's get back into the anime talk we're going to do this the correct way, where we tell you this plot synopsis of an anime before before we actually start talking about it, because it makes it easier for people to understand what the anime is about, because sometimes we like to be vague and weird about talking about our anime. So, with that being said, first anime we're watching, Fruits Basket, which isn't the old Fruits Basket, which has terrible animation and Matt quit within five minutes. This is new Fruits Basket, which is beautiful, amazing, and I love uh, so the synopsis Taru Honda has always been fascinated with the story of the Chinese Zodiac that her beloved mother told her as a child however a sudden family tragedy uh, changes her life and subsequent cir- circumstances leave her all alone Taru is now forced to live in a tent but uh, little does she know that her temporary home resides on the private property of the esteemed Soma family stumbling upon their home uh, one day she encounters Shigure. Uh, an older soma cousin and yuki the prince of her school toru explains that she uh that she lives nearby but the somas eventually discover her well-kept secret being homeless when they uh see her walking back uh back to her tent one night things start start things start to look up for toru as they kindly offer to take her in after hearing about her situation but soon after she is caught up in a fight between yuki's yuki and his hot-tempered cousin kyo while trying, to, while trying to stop them, she learns the Soma family has a well-kept secret of their own. Whenever they are hugged by a member of the opposite sex, they transform into an animal of the Chinese Zodiac. With this new revelation, Toru will find that living with the Somas is an unexpected adventure with, uh, filled with laughter and romance. Matt doesn't like the shoujo genre very much. Matt really likes fruit baskets. Fruit basket. Fruit basket fruit fruit's basket that's the way you say it um so why i like this anime uh and why i quit the first one the first one had very choppy animation uh did not feel very good uh the english voice cast was phenomenal though uh but it didn't it didn't feel emotional I didn't feel emotions when i was watching it and also this was, i was watching it when i was in high school and i had and i was pretty much like fuck the shoujo genre and now as mad as an adult i go shoujo genre has a lot of good shit in it too like this and everything about this anime is great it's well animated the voice cast is amazing they brought back all the old voice actors from the original english dub and i believe the original japanese voice actors as well um the music's astounding, the animation's gorgeous. Like holy shit. This is a remake of an anime from like the two early 2000s and it feels so good to watch. What do you think? Hey, did you watch the first episode of this or try to watch any of this?
1: Um I haven't caught this yet. This is a show that's been recommended to me by quite a few people because they know that I kind of have a soft spot for shojo cho- shows depending on the story. Um, this is definitely one I'm excited to check out. Um, I mean, like, there are certain shojo series that I love, and I'll fully admit, the, the shojo series that I like do tend to have some action elements to them, like Yona of the Dawn being a perfect example of that. But um, I've heard nothing but great things about this story for years, and I had the same issue that you had, which is I, I pulled up the first episode of the old show a few years back, was like, eh, this looks okay, and then just never came back to it. But... um, I'm, I'm definitely interested to check this out. And I think it's really cool that they brought back the original voice actors for both. Uh, that's really, really awesome.
0: Yeah. It, and it's even better because I'm not going to get too much controversy, but Funimation didn't have to even replace the voice actor that they don't pay anymore. Anyways. Hooray. <laughs> uh, so now we move over to We Never Lo- Learn Boku Ben, which is also a, a fun slice of life high school romance mo- uh, anime that Matt's also watching and Patrick's probably only watched the first episode of. Uh, so we'll start with the synopsis. His late father always said that a useless man should strive to be useful. So to that end, third year high school student, Narayuki Yu- Yuiga decided him- himself to become a high achieving student in, the, in his school, despite his history of poor grades in order to give his uh, destitute family a better life. His ultimate goal is to obtain the special VIP nomination of a a prestigious scholarship uh, covering a full universe uh, all future university tuition fees. Although Narayuki, could e- fee- could feasibly be a shoo-in for the nomination, he is constantly overshadowed by classmates Rizu Ogata and Fumino Fu- uh, Futuhashi in mathematics and literature, respectively. To his delight, Nar- uh, Narayuki receives a- receives the nomination, but there's a catch. He has to tutor to his two-star classmates, who are each hopeless- hopelessly mediocre at the other's subject of-, of expertise. To make matters worse, the subjects that they are horrible at are the same subjects they want to pursue for for Their future, at uh, as the time to submit university applications draws nearer, Narayuki must find an effective tutoring method for the girls before it's too late. This is a very fun harem anime that is uh from Shonen Jump, so it does have a little bit more etchy than uh uh bu- 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 uh quintessential quintuplets but the characters are so well fleshed out and they all are people and the main character does not feel like a wet blanket like they usually do and also the one of neither of the characters that i talked about in the synopsis are the best the best one is the swimmer cuz she's fucking great i love her also the teacher's great in fact all the characters in the series are great and you should go watch this if you like silly trashy uh harem anime because that's what matt likes matt likes trashy harem anime a lot have you watched have you watched this at all
1: um i have not seen it yet i will fully admit that when i heard the premise of oh hey a guy has to tutor five cute girls i was like uh i just seen it
0: (laughs) he only tutors two three he only tutors three fair enough but uh each of the characters has a very good reason why they want to pursue their different they're opposite what they're not good at. Like the girl who's bad at math but good at literature, she wants to be an astronaut. You can't be an astronaut that, that's not good at math.
1: <laughs> this you, is true. You
0: cannot. <laughs> you will die. <laughs> um, And the girl that wants to be better at literature wants to be better at literature so she can play, so she can understand people, so she can play games with them and be able to win games because she sucks at playing games because she doesn't understand how pe- how feelings work because she's kind of one of those people uh all in all great show great great show i love it immensely um it's got it's got a very very catchy opening too Mm. that uses small amounts of cg but it's not like super relevant um but i will highly recommend you go watch it, and we'll see how I feel about it next season when we talk about it uh, after it's finished. Uh, Patrick, this one's a you, so you get to read the synopsis for Fairy Gone.
1: Okay, guys, so Fairy Gone is a new show on Funimation, and the story takes place in a world where fairies possess and dwell inside of animals and give them powers. Um, If you remove the organs of a possessed animal and transplant them into a person, then fairies can be summoned as an alter ego and can be used as a weapon. So basically, you have people who use fairies as weapons of war, and they're called fairy soldiers, but post-war time, They basically don't have a purpose anymore, and you end up with them kind of branching off into different things. Some go working for the government, some end up joining the mob, some become terrorists, um, some become counter-terrorists. So years and years after the original conflict, you basically follow the main character Maria, who is a new recruit in a group called Dorothea, which is an organization that investigates and suppresses crimes related to fairies. Um, and there's a ton of things going on in this world setting, um, amidst all the unstable political situation and criminals with lingering wounds from the war and past conflicts rearing their heads again. You've basically got all these characters just trying to establish justice and peace in the post in the post war world it's got a really really unique cool interesting look to it it's kind of like dark steampunk fantasy and it's interesting in that you know the character designs have a very cool like the, the character designs I love about about them are the fact that they're not, you know, your standard, like, it doesn't have that standard kind of, you know, again, for lack of a better term, moe look. The characters have that very, like, sleek sort of look that you'd expect from a show like Aka or um, uh, Bacchano is another example I would make in terms of the animation style. Um the show is and I will say that I'm three I'm three episodes into the show and my take on it. So far is that it takes a lot of elements from other shows that I like and puts them together in a really interesting way what I say. It's the most original show I've seen certainly not um, if you're looking for something a little bit different from other stuff this season though. I would definitely recommend giving it a look especially if you want something with kind of a little bit of a darker steampunk flair
0: this anime has stands.
1: It really does
0: literally i was reading the fairy thing i was like that stands they're using stands also this says word soup i hate word soup (laughs) i hate i hate when i read a synopsis and it has 12 words that don't mean anything
1: that's why a lot of times when i read synopses i basically just kind of like riff on them a bit you know I, i i gathered you
0: were not reading it verbatim but to be fair uh that series I've heard is pretty good. It is like pretty fun to watch because it's very like, it feels kind of self parody at some of the points that it's trying to do.
1: I would agree with that. There's some points where it's kind of almost like you, there there are times on the show where I'm like, are they seriously doing that? And then I'll kind of feel like the character's almost winking at me as they do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what I've heard about it. Um, I've not gotten to sit down and watch it because I've kind of like, decided this is my happy this is only going to be happy for me this season
1: fair enough i Um, think this is one where i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to watch it all the way through and i'll be able to give you a much better gauge of you know really what it is really i think i feel like by i feel like by episode six or seven i'm going to really know whether this is a good show or not
0: so we're moving from hyper realistic uh character designs back to moe hooray as we are now talking about uh senko-san or what was it called uh metal uh that's not what it's called in english whatever um senko-san which is the helpful the helpful spirit fox or uh, the helpful fox senko-san which is uh fun uh what is known as oh, i can't remember the japanese name a healing anime that is meant to like make you feel good after a long days of work kind of similar vein to um uh kobayashi's dragon maid or uh my roommate is cat was actually a really good one too um so let's go through this really long plot synopsis that i have to read everyday life of nakano a salary worker or salaryman working for an exploitative company is suddenly intruded upon by the fox senko son 800 year old little girl uh whether it be cooking cleaning or special service she'll heal his exhaustion with her tender care that is it that is all the synopsis says this anime is super fun and happy and every episode ends with uh, a pov section where senko literally tells you to have a good day and that your life has meaning and it makes me feel good because my work makes me feel like shit i love watching this anime every day <laughs>
1: Yeah, this looks this looks like a cute show. It it I feel like it's one that I'd have to be in the right mood for.
0: This is one that if you are beaten down by your job on a constant daily basis, it is meant for you. Like this is literally helping me get through my days sometimes is watching this anime. Fair enough. You you know where I work. Yep. <laughs> um
1: I escaped. <laughs> yeah, you
0: escaped where I worked, where I work. Um but this is very good very fun uh all the characters so far very likable i i relate so well with the main character even though he's a salaryman and i work in a warehouse he is feeling exactly how i feel when i walk in my house every day (laughs) um and this anime just makes me feel it does the same thing that my roommate as a cat made me did it makes me feel good it makes me feel happy and content with my life which is a good thing i need we need more anime that makes people feel good and in their in their life and not want to die constantly on to the next one that makes me not want to die constantly but this one's great because this one's a mashup of all my favorite manga and anime uh so now we have isekai quartet the chibi comedy, comedy anime and i'm not even gonna read its synopsis its synopsis makes no sense because this is the this is the synopsis what if i were to take overlord re-zero uh so- saga of tanya the evil and konosuba and smash them into in together and made a chibi game and made a chibi anime that's 15 minutes long
1: about them being in a high school that sounds adorable and really goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> it's
0: Kanesuba Season 3. <laughs> this is this is what we get. This is what we get for Kanesuba Season 3. Um, So this anime is great. I love all of it. It also points out that certain animes have very weak characters that don't stand on their own merits. And that most of their show is carried by certain characters. So for instance... The Overlord cast and the Kanesuba cast are carrying themselves perfectly. Like, every character he gets jokes, makes puns, is really good at it, is, is, like, very out there. And you can remember who they are, not just because they have out their character designs, but because their personalities are out there and everything like that. ReZero, you have, uh, the only character that really doesn't stand out to me is Beatrice, but I still know her. But, like, all the characters are hitting, hitting their strides. Then we go to Tanya the Evil. There are two characters in Tanya the Evil that really matter, and they are Tanya and her assistant, because the rest of her squad is pretty much the same
1: character. Yeah, she has a squad of goddamn red shirts.
0: <laughs> uh her like her squad doesn't have personalities, and that's one of the major drawbacks. Is like they're kind of just background characters, while Tanya and her assistant are doing all the heavy lifting for their party granted they uh if we go by characters that aren't in her squad we also have her superiors and her superiors are actually really good at least at their parts but that's because those guys are actually supposed to carry the uh the, the anime as well meanwhile her subordinates the only one that should actually be carrying the anime besides her is her straight man which is the uh uh, which is her second command, pretty much. Yeah. Uh that being said, this anime is great. It is hilarious to watch Albedo think that literally every female character wants to fuck Ein's. It is great that like, super. We have Subaru and. Uh, uh, Kazuma sitting on the roof talking about their lives in the other world and and Subaru just going yeah now I live in a mansion I have all these girls around me blah 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 and he's like what the fuck is this and then Kazuma's like what the fuck is this you get to live in a mansion you don't have to work you get all this bullshit you don't have to deal with three idiots I have I want my perfect life why don't I get a perfect life I want to be reborn in a perfect life <laughs> and then literally the last second of that episode of that episode's dialogue is is subaru going i mean i didn't die till after i got transported to the magical world i went
1: we're acknowledging that he dies. yeah i was gonna say because i'm thinking like i would much rather live in the kind of super world than the re-zero <laughs> world the re-zero world is fucking horrifying but that's <laughs> the
0: whole point of the joke is that
1: yeah <laughs> the joke, subaru's life is horrible
0: subaru's <laughs> life is horrible But when you look at it from Kazuma's point of view, it is glorious because Subaru does not tell anybody that he constantly dies over and over and over again in the main conflicts of his story. Meanwhile, Kazuma sits here and just goes, I hate my party. They need to stop. God damn it. They need to stop.
1: (laughs) Kazuma's the worst part of his own party. The girls are rad. No.
0: (laughs) No. Kazu trash
1: is the worst.
0: His party is garbage. All of them are garbage human beings. Kazuma was just hilarious. They are the best girls ever. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. That's enough of us yelling about Konosuba. We'll move, we're moving over to Midnight Occult serv- Civil Servants, which is something that I'm not watching and don't know about. So, Patrick, take it away.
1: So, basically, this show is kind of turns its head on so there's tons of shows about you know people investigating the supernatural or fighting the supernatural there isn't no from what i've seen there hasn't really been a show about just dealing with the day-to-day lives of the supernatural i mean you have series like fables that in comics that talk about you know how you would realistically deal with the day-to-day you know needs and problems that you know you know fictional creatures would have and that's kind of what this show is about so you got this main character uh, Miyako Arata who's inside who's assigned to the Shinjuku Ward's office nighttime regional relations department which basically is a nice way of saying he gets to deal with uh, spirits and demons and supernatural creatures because he is one of the few people who can understand them when they talk most people can't understand them so they just react out of fear whereas he can actually interpret what they're what they're wanting and what they need the premise itself is really, really awesome, and I was really, really excited to watch this. My excitement was tempered a bit a couple episodes in because I realized that, again, this show suffers from the same problem that um, that I think Magical Girl Spec Ops did, which is that because it's not a big-name title, there isn't really much of a budget being put into it the animation isn't terrible it's just kind of choppy and the character designs aren't bad but it's just there isn't anything from a visual perspective that I haven't really seen before the, the premise itself is interesting enough that I'm going to stick it out and see where it goes at least for a few more episodes um, but it's on Crunchyroll and again if you're looking for something a little bit different that's you know something a little bit outside the box from what you would normally watch I mean I would definitely say it's worth checking out
0: speaking of outside the box <laughs> Let's talk about Sarah's <laughs>
1: so what in the literal fuck is this show because I keep hearing about it
0: <laughs> all right all right you ready for this yes do you know what magical or revolutionary girl Utenna is
1: uh yes I love that show it's one of my do you, favorites
0: do you know what Ma- Maru Maru William pengridge penguin drum is
1: yes that show is fucking rad
0: did you lo- did you watch the original Sailor Moon? yes do you know that all those had one person in common who's that the person that made this anime as well <laughs> nito what's it about all right so synopsis is very long but i need to read all of it because Kaz- uh kazuki yasaka is an eighth grader as an eighth grader living in an uh, uh, asakusa it uh, living in Asakusa, in, is turned into a kappa along with his classmates Toy and Enta, in, in, by a mysterious creature named Kepi. After br- after they break after they inadvertently break a statue of a kappa, the guardian god of th- of the city, they are then ordered by Kepi to cl- who claims to be their first the, the first heir to the throne of the kappa kingdom to fight against the kappa zombies bio armed uh, arms created by the by his enemies. If they want to return to their human form, in order to kill them, they have to make spe- a specific sound called a sarazanmai, which is produced only when the three of them are united. But the three boys cannot connect at first. In addition, one of their secrets is revealed at- to each an- to each other every time they emit this sound. They finally accept the uh, that to take the risk to collect the plates of hope given by Kepi uh, when uh, when they defeat the kappa zombies, and which. And which can make their wishes come true. However, however, some trouble occurs over the plates. Along with along the course of the fights um, uh, against the kappa zombies, their fierce past and inner conflicts keep the, keep getting revealed. This is a sarcastic fantasy of three boys who don't feel connected to their important ones, getting to realize the meaning of bonds.
1: I have one question. Uh huh. Well, actually, I have multiple questions. Okay. But my, my main question is this: Are you one hundred percent confident that marijuana is illegal in Japan?
0: Uh yes.
1: I'm so glad it's legal here because I really want to watch the show, but I think I'm gonna need some.
0: No. <laughs> you watched Foolie Cooly Yes, you can I did. watch this.
1: Yes. This
0: anime is the best thing this season. I will state this as a hard given fact. This is better than Demon Slayer. This is better than Isekai Quartet. This is better than uh, Fruits Basket. This is
1: better than literally everything. There is one title you mentioned there where I am really... Sir? Biting my tongue so dang hard right now. But we will I'm-
0: get to Demon Slayer at the very end. Um, this is done by Studio Mappa, which means it has all the beautiful... Kind of animation you are used to them being from Zombie Land Saga to Yuri on Ice to all this crazy, to all their other crazy stuff. This has all their animation flares going off at once, and they like to do musical interludes. In fact, two times per episode, there are musical interludes, and they're amazing. They are simply just hey, look, we can make a huge spectacle of animation real quick and you're gonna watch it and you're gonna watch it every time because it's fucking beautiful and it's hilarious so the first episode only has one minute musical interlude because they don't have the bad guys introduced the bad guys have their own musical interlude and it's hilarious <laughs> this anime is a godsend also this anime is really 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 disturbing to watch sometimes Please do not watch this with people with people who uh, don't understand what anime is in that in the room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best recommendation ever. Watch this show, but do not watch it around normal people.
0: <laughs> um, it it gets really, really, really weird. I don't want to get into, I, like this is one that I don't want to spoil what happens. Let me just say that uh, if you feel. There, there's there's very very overt fan service but it is not overt fan service in the way that you are thinking
1: oh boy
0: it's weird this is a weird show I enjoy it immensely this is like one of my favorite things that uh, th- uh, God damn it I showed this to like four friends uh Henry jumped out like immediately <laughs> he was <just> like nope. <laughs> I already jumped out as soon as, started, as, as soon as they started singing, because he's like, This is this just jumped the shark too hard. This jumped the shark too hard. Uh Gable went, I'd watch this if I didn't have to watch it in a public place where my family could also see me watching it. And then and then my friend Rob was like, I'm watching this from now on ever. This is fucking amazing. This is hilarious. I love it.
1: All right. I'm going to dive into this when I get home tonight, and you, I'm going to probably have questions.
0: You definitely will. All right. I'm not going to read this long-ass fucking plot synopsis for uh for Robbie Hachi. Uh, so next up, we have our fun space adventure, Robbie Hachi. I'm not going to read the long-ass fucking plot synopsis because it doesn't matter. Robbie Hachi is about a dude that's broke as fuck and owes money to a mafia. Who jumps in his spaceship and flies away with this with a, another dude who is mysterious and and they are going to the land of Isakander, Isa Isakander, which is potentially just a giant tourism trap in space. And this is their road trip along the way to Isa to Isakander. And the best part about this anime is it's also a mecha anime. They launch out on their two ships. It forms a Mazinga robot that is hollow, has no weapons, and continuously plays its badass theme song in space and over intercoms constantly. This is this is written by a Gintama writer, by the way. <laughs> this, this thing is written... Look at these character designs. We have... Little kid with pink afro. We have a dude. We have dude with stupid weird blonde pompadour. We have the dude with the weird like uh, half weird like the hair hanging the weird hair hanging down half his face uh, haircut that people like to have. Then we have like generic white haired bowl cut and then generic anime protagonist hair. And then we have this weird rabbit robot. And that's our main cast.
1: There's a robot
0: <laughs> yeah there's a robot The first the second episode is literally they go to Mars. What's Mars known for? Well Mars is known for the fact that all the people that live on Mars are, are octopuses. what? <laughs> but you want to know what's funny They're just people that wear octopus costumes because they had to wear octopus they had to wear things that made them look like octopi before it got terraformed. Because they could, <laughs> because it was the only way they could live on the planet. So, what? so when Earthlings <laughs> discovered their planet, they went, Oh, you all look like octopi. So they just ran with it and that became their thing. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Okay, that alone makes me want to watch this the show. The <laughs>
0: third episode is about Pluto and the people of Pluto going, It's not fair, we're not a planet anymore. <laughs> And trying to get people to come to their planet through tourism, because they want people to come to Pluto. That's rad. <laughs> it's it is great. It is like just fun, silly, schlocky humor, and it's glorious. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Tell me about photoable's take on a Shonen Jump uh, anime.
1: I'm gonna tell you about your photo's take about on a shonen jump anime. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> so I again am I will fully admit I'm more of a sign-in guy than a shonen guy. I try not to be like snooty about it, but a lot of shonen just doesn't work for me for various uh-huh. reasons.
0: You try not to be snooty. I've I, seen
1: your I, Facebook posts. Well, <laughs> okay, I'll, okay. You know what? I'm fucking I'm gonna be snooty. Yeah, yeah, yeah My I know you my, are. my biggest issues with shonen, nine times out of ten, are this plot armor that never goes away. Uh, main characters that are basically, you know, self projections for fifteen-year-old boys, which basically means they're annoying as shit. <laughs> um, so
0: you've only watched Naruto and Bleach.
1: <laughs> I tried to watch Naruto and Bleach. <laughs>
0: so that's all you actually have, <laughs> because that's that's only those
1: two. There's way more shonen that have those problems, man.
0: <laughs> None of the long-running shonens have those problems
1: well that's also another problem i have with shonen is that they run too damn long (laughs) fucking tell me a story like don't they're (laughs) you don't you do realize
0: they need to make their money they don't work like american comic book writers they don't get to just go here's my here's my comic i'm just gonna put out this comic real quick and it'll make me money they have to go we have to continuously write our write chapters, or else we don't put food on our table.
1: I'm not disputing that at all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dismissing that at all, man. I'm just saying, like, here's the thing. I'm not saying that shonen is bad anime or a bad genre at any by any respect of the word. Clearly, it's the, one of the most beloved genres in the world. All I'm saying is, for me personally as a fan, it really takes something really outside the box for it to really grab my attention, which Demon Slayer absolutely fucking did within the first goddamn ten minutes. Um. So basically, this show takes place in a world in a, in a version of um in a version. I would say, I want to say Edo era Japan. Maybe maybe slightly later.
0: Yeah, I think it's Edo. I've yeah, seen, I've seen some of the stuff. that looks very Edo.
1: So it takes place in you know basically essentially nineteenth century Japan. Um, and it takes place at a, t- in a in a in a premise. The premise is that demons do exist and people are aware of them. Um, which they basically avoid by just simply not going out at night, but that certainly isn't a guarantee and just trying to avoid the woods. Um, The protagonist is genuine. This genuinely nice, likable kid who's just trying to support his family who sells charcoal in the village, basically to raise money for his home. He comes home after being uh, snowed in and spending the night with a neighbor, and when he gets home the next day, his entire family has been massacred by demons, except for his sister who is wounded, but still alive. Except when they start trying to head back into the village to get help, she suddenly starts to attack him and he realizes that she is now part demon and now actually she's become full demon. So now he's trying to figure out a way to turn her back, if at all possible, because there are still signs that there is still some of her humanity there. And so now he's on this quest to try to save her, and he's trying to learn as much as he can about demons. So one of the things he's done now is he has joined the Demon Slayer Corps, which basically is a group that actually actively seeks out and investigates and fights demon sightings. Um, This is, again, one of those shows where I'm sure the tone of the show over time will change somewhat, and it's kind of... I'm going into it kind of with the same mindset that I had with shows like the seven deadly sins and with the promise neverland where while the initial premise is really, really exciting to me and the initial season's really exciting to me. I understand that because of the genre it's in, it may eventually change tone wise to something that I'm not super into, but it may also be something I'm still very much into
0: No, this is going to keep its tone
1: and this, the, the thing that I really love about this show and again, this is coming from someone who went into a cold who hadn't read the manga is the tone itself the tone itself is just really intense really dark just there's this there's but there but it isn't bleak it doesn't have like there isn't like a it isn't misery porn the way a lot of shows that go this route sometimes fall into it, it, there's when i use the term misery porn i mean like shows where it's like you reach a point where they're just so fucking bleak there's just like no reason to be emotionally attached anymore because you just know that there's you just know where it's going to go. I mean, Technolize had that problem for me and that's a show that a lot of people feel is brilliant, but I just could not bring myself to finish because four episodes in I was just like there's no there there.
0: You also talk to oh yeah, you used to live with that person. He loves that anime. I hate that anime. Technolize. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you know who I'm talking about. It. Yeah, it's it's going to be very confusing when I say his name because I also podcast with a different person that has the same name.
1: No, and and it's funny too because like I was, you know, and, and he and I actually agree most of the time on anime. That was one of the few ones where I just and it's funny because you would think that being a fan of really dark shows that that would have appealed to me, but my thing is, you know, you have to have a certain amount of light, however how small, for the darkness to really work. Otherwise, it's just saw so, It's just like this solid like catharsis that never creates anything. The thing I love about this show is while is that it manages to capture that sense of hope and optimism that you have in a lot of shonen anime while also still coming across like, okay, people are not safe. This there you know, I don't have that sense of plot armor with the show that I normally would have with a shonen anime, in the sense that there are characters who have come and gone that I thought were going to be there for a while that already were that are already not there anymore. Or who were proven to be something entirely different from what we thought they were when they were presented to us, and I really find that fascinating. And this is this show has a level of emotional depth that a lot of action series I don't think have. Um, it's the sort of show that I could show. I feel like I feel like I could show the show to any shonen anime fan, and they would immediately be hooked. But I also feel like this is a show that I could show someone who either normally doesn't watch anime or normally just watches slice of life or romance anime, or normally just doesn't, you know really gravitate towards things like this and i could still see them potentially being interested in just because of that human element behind it
0: i'm gonna say probably not somebody who only watches slice of life and romance anime fair strictly enough. because they are looking for specific things in those genres and this is not presenting those specific things
1: no i agree with you on that that's that's an overstep on my yeah, yeah,
0: part yeah. yeah um That being said uh this w- this season is all in all kind of a um, like middling season like there are two shows that are like amazing on this list and then there's one that's a remake and then like a lot of our stuff that we put in is kind of just like this is a fun these are fun to watch but they're not like they're not like go home and t- go home and watch it right now
1: as cynical as this sounds I-, I almost feel like this is a great catch-up season for a lot of people like i mean for me i'll fully admit i'm using this season to you know i'm going to keep watching demon slayer i'm going to keep watching fairy gone and midnight occult um i definitely want to check out robahatchi and stars and my after what you told me about them um but i mean you know a lot of what i'm using this season for is to catch up on shows i'm finishing up doro um i'm probably gonna finish up some you know older shows that from years back that i haven't had a chance to and it kind of but at the same time you know I feel like the cool thing about this season though, is it does seem like there is a good balance of, you know, lighter fun stuff and more intense, heavier stuff. Yeah.
0: Like this is a good season for me also, because as 26 and under requires me to watch anime, which require requires me to watch 12 to 26 anime episodes within a week. Um, sometimes we get 26 episode animes and if my season is packed, I have to take a day off of work to watch all of it. <laughs> yeah. And this season I I've, we got a 26 episode anime the week we are recording this, and I've watched it all. I, I'm pretty much almost done with it, and we're probably not recording for another two days. That's really that feels really good to me. Granted, it's not my best. I I can I watched Gurren Login twice in a day, but you know, small steps, small steps back because I can't I can't be as crazy as I was when I was in high school and didn't have a job. Um but I just wanted to point out that this season even though it may not be like crazy amazing is pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Can't wait to see you next season. Uh so Patrick, where can we find you on <laughs> things?
1: Uh, You can find me on social media at um, Pulsar uh, Presents 702 is my Facebook. Uh, My Instagram is Pulsar Smash. My Twitter is also Pulsar Smash. And you can also hear me Wednesdays on RadioVegas.rocks. I have a a show called Pulsar Radio where I play new alternative punk, metal, and hardcore music coming up. Um, And that's on Wednesdays from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific on RadioVegas.rocks.
0: All right. And as you are listening to this, we, uh, I am Matt. I host the 26 and under podcast on this uh, SoundCloud page slash whatever else you listen to us listening to this on. Uh, I stream on twitch.tv slash spell NRD. Um, currently just playing through Octopath Traveler um, till Judgment comes out probably or or Bloodstained. Might switch over to Bloodstained when that comes um, out. When does
1: Bloodstained come out? June 18th sweet yeah i think no june I, 25th oh awesome yeah, yeah i've been I'm, i've been itching to get a new game so i'm so i'm super stoked for that um, one. i played the demo of that at ax a couple years back and loved it
0: well i mean now it's completely different game really yeah they they completely upped the graph like the graphics are completely upped
1: does it still kind of have that metroidvania feel to well, I mean, it
0: I it, it it's by
1: yeah, I mean, it's I know, it's, I know, I know. I know, you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's still gonna be Castlevania. Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, and you can. I know that seems like a harsh question to ask, but um, it, it, all I'm going to say is, anytime you question my asking, is the guy gonna make the game that actually is the, what he promised? Um, all I will say in response to that is, mighty number nine.
0: Yes, but that person was an asshole, and Igarashi literally sits on his trailers, on a th- on a Castlevania throne with a goblet full of red liquid to ma- make him look like he's a vampire going,
1: I know what I make. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly a lot better than some fucking, you know, corporate guy in the background going, well, it's better than nothing. All right. So
0: that's it for us. Um, we will be back again in July-ish. Whenever we get to the point where we feel we can record for the next season, which will be the summer season, which means you'll get to hear me talk about Symphogear, because it's finally coming. Also, Dr. Stone, be prepared. Bye.
1: Later.